If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Past Lives Podcast, episode 226, and I'm your host, Simon Bowne. My mission here at the Past Lives Podcast is to investigate evidence that demonstrates survival of the human soul. We will look at past life memories, near-death experiences, spirit communication, and other incredible phenomena. And please check out my other podcast, it's called the Alien UFO Podcast, and I release new episodes every Monday, and you can find it on almost every podcast app. And this week I'm talking to Shelley Pearson about her book, Into Your Soul, A Beginner's Guide to Past Life Regression. Shelley is a certified past life and between life regression therapist, having been trained by Dr. Linda Backman at the Raven Heart Centre in Colorado. Hi Shelley, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So we're going to be talking about your book, Into Your Soul. It's a fascinating book with all the past life regression you've done. Who is this book for? Who would you say is the ideal reader? My target market is the beginner, someone who is new to past life regression and wants to learn more, or someone who's just curious and wants to learn about a new topic. I wrote this book because when I was going into the training to do this work, I was still working in the business world. And so there's a crossover time. And when I would talk about this topic to people in the business world, and I, I mean strictly business information technology, I would get so many people that would say, wow, I've never heard of that. Tell me more. And that is the reason I wrote the book. There's just a huge audience out there, people who have never heard of the topic, but they're curious. And so that's the first part of the answer. But the second part is there are so many books out there on this topic. But I've found a lot of them start at a higher level of knowledge. And I'm starting for the beginner. This is for the absolute beginner who's maybe just heard of past life regression or hasn't heard of it, but it sounds interesting. That's my target market. So how did it all start from you? I mean, if you were working in information technology, IT, that's what I used to do. have this viewpoint that it's like working with computers. They're, they're soulless, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> You've moved into something that's soulful. So how did it happen? Yeah, it's an interesting transition. But like many people, oftentimes a traumatic event creates a shift in your trajectory. And trajectory would be what I was doing in this life. I lost my youngest brother in 2009, 13 years ago this summer, to suicide. And... As a result of that, I found that things were coming on my path, such as someone loaning me a book, and it talked about the soul realm, um, a guest speaker at a spiritual community I went to, and he spoke about past life regressions and how it benefited. And I noticed there were a lot of synchronicities of past life regression work coming on my path. And the result of Jimmy's passing was I stopped controlling everything in my life because that's certainly a suicide is certainly out of one's control, um, meaning me as the loved one who survived. And so I started listening and opening up to the things being put on my path. And I realized this was a topic I was very interested in. 
And yes, it's quite different from the business world, but it hit me at a time when I was very open and thirsty for it. I was ready. And so I pursued it. I stopped overanalyzing, thinking, oh, I'm too busy to take that course or that workshop's too expensive. I just stopped overanalyzing and I just started going through those doors put in my path. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> did you have a past life regression before you started the course? Or did people uh, like practice on you and you practice on them? Well, it started gently. I had heard of a Dr. Brian Weiss, and he had and still has a 30-minute regression video on YouTube. So somehow I came across that. I think I read his first book, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. And I went to YouTube and I listened to that and I got in a nice, quiet, meditative state and just listened to his voice through it. And I actually visited a past life. And even though it was just a glimpse, I got the message that I was intended to get from visiting that past life. And to make a long story short, I visited a past life like in 1025 AD and it was very brief. But I was well-dressed and I lived very comfortably. And at my death scene, I passed away and the message popped in my head that I lived a life of luxury at the cost of others. I thought, wow, that was an impactful statement to me. And I thought if I could learn that much from just such a brief encounter with a past life, what else is there out there? So I just started dabbling in it more, and I did have a past life regression done for me through another facilitator before I started training, and I was hooked. I wanted to pursue this topic wholeheartedly. It's interesting you knew the year there so precisely, 1025. It's the thing that I found when I've been in past life regressions. It's just like you just know stuff about that life. Exactly. And every time I do a session... The things that my clients come up with, I, I swear they can't come up with them that quickly, even if they were awake, alert, and intentionally trying to be creative. I mean, the details that they describe in a past life, I just don't know if most people can make that stuff up. And I've actually had a few clients at the very end, when they're back in their awake state, ask, well, how do I know it just wasn't my imagination? And I look at them like, how could you have made all that up? Or if you're going to make up a past life, would you really have made up that really sad one we just visited? And the answer is always no. I said, okay, well, just think about it. <laughs> so in the book, you've got your workshop exercises. Can you tell us what you're doing there with that in the book? Definitely. So I started off before writing the book, before even having an interest in writing the book, by holding little speaking engagements and workshops that just kind of morphed as I met people and they had friends. And I thought, well, maybe I can start with small groups and start with groups of five. And then I'd suddenly be invited by a spiritual community to do a workshop. So I thought, you know, exercises are always helpful because when I do the workshops or the speaking engagements, I'd always have people out raise their hand, well, I have memories of being in these in a town in Europe somewhere, and, and I can see pictures of it, but I don't know where it's at. So people have little inklings that they've had past lives. So I thought maybe I should develop some exercises to make the workshop more interesting, because usually when you do a workshop is to do work. And I developed those exercises. And when I first wrote the book, I did not have the exercises in it. But then a friend of mine said, you should reconsider that. And I did. And I thought, okay, that's a, a little bonus that people can use the topic they just read about and actually work through some of those exercises to explore from their conscious memory if they have memories or any inklings of past life memories. Because that's part of the book, isn't it? You, there's a a section means like, what are the signs that people uh, had past lives and what are these different signs that you talk about okay so there are about five of them so the first sign in fact i just spoke to a lady a week ago about my book and she said that when she went to i think it was england many years ago with her husband 
she started taking him down streets and turning and going places. And she knew exactly where she was going and she'd never been there before. So that's one of the signs is you go someplace and all of a sudden you have a sense of familiarity. You've been there before, but you weren't there in this lifetime, but you know where things are. So that's one sign. Another sign would be having dreams, frequent dreams of a place or a time. Another sign is being highly attracted to to certain collectibles, like people who collect Native American baskets. I met a guy I worked with probably three decades ago, and he collected Civil War paraphernalia, the outfits, the anything he could find around Civil War. You know, that's the American Civil War. And at the time, I was not familiar with past life regression. So I just remember thinking, huh, that's an interesting thing to want to collect. But oh, well, you know, to each their own. But now I know better that he probably had a large role in the Civil War. And that soul memory has brought that forward. So that's another inkling that you've had a past life. Um, Another one would be reoccurring issues in your current life. Like, why do you keep attracting the wrong partner to yourself and reinventing this cycle of, of drama? And then you release the relationship. And then the next one is just like it with a different face, a different name. Um, those are some of the most common signs and just, yeah, attraction to a different time period. Why would you be so attracted to this Victorian age? And then probably the last one is just having a special talent that no one else in your family has. Like at the age of five, you could play an instrument so well, you know, how could a five-year-old learn so quickly to play an instrument. Well, from my perspective, it's they brought forward those memories from a past life where they did that work. There's this idea that the soul incarnates to come to earth to learn lessons. But you you say in the book, you know, that the soul realm cannot teach the soul everything because they, they just don't have the space there. They don't have the conditions there. You know, working in the IT industry, as you did, similar to me, it's a very left brain field, very logical, very analytical, more black and white. And so I look at things with those questions. And when I started reading about past life regressions and the fact that there's a soul realm, which some people can probably just call heaven, um, I learned that there's a lot of teaching in that realm for the soul. And I thought, well, why can't we just learn everything in the soul realm? Why do we have to come to earth and and do these hard lessons? And the more I read, I learned that the soul realm is a completely loving environment. It's love and compassion. And because of that, they don't have the conditions there to teach, for example, forgiveness because the souls don't do anything in that realm that need forgiveness like we do here as humans. When you look at how humans treat each other, we have a plethora of opportunities for forgiveness because a lot of humans are not nice to each other, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. And so I learned early on, that as the soul wants to evolve, the soul needs to have these incarnations on earth to work on certain lessons so that at the soul level, it becomes more developed and advanced. And I say in the book, a soul has the the goal of evolving just like a little newborn baby. A little baby wants to start rolling over and wants to start crawling and wants to start walking. And the same as the soul level, it just has that intention of evolving. And we have to have this human life on earth to learn what we need to help us evolve. So when you're taking somebody into a past life, 
there gets to a point when you, you do the hypnotic induction and the person's just about to go into a past life. What or who decides which past life they see in the session? Mm, that's a good question. Each of our souls has a soul guide, and that term can be interchangeably used with spirit guide. And that spirit guide is the one who guides the session. And I tell my clients as we're talking, let's say the first 10 minutes there in my office, we're just talking about the session. And I introduce the topic of the soul guide because the soul guide determines what past life my client is going to see. And the reason for that is the soul guide knows my client so well and knows what's in the best interest of my client. So even if my client comes to me with an interest of some intention for the past life regression, what they're going to see or learn, I want to make it clear to them that their soul guide knows what's in their best interest and will bring forward the life that's going to benefit them the most during that session. And when this topic is new to my client, I just ask them to trust. Trust is a big word here to release all expectations and trust what comes forward. And I will admit my favorite part of a regression is when my client is reintroduced to their soul guide during the session. It's a very, very loving reunion. And you say in the book that the soul guide is kind of put in charge of the soul group. Are they, mm -hmm. are they kind of like the teacher and the soul group is their class or, or is it less a authoritative kind of role? Well, it's similar to that. It's not a real authoritative role because as a soul, we work arm in arm with our soul guide. So I'll go back to the beginning. When a soul is first created, and that's a whole other topic we can talk about this time or later. When a soul is created, it's assigned to a soul guide. Now, a soul guide has completed all of their incarnations on earth. So they are very well skilled at this earth environment, and they're in a perfect position to help guide new souls in their evolution. Now, it's just not a one-on-one -on -one relationship. You're typically put into a group, what I call a soul group, with about 10 to 20 other new souls. So you all start all these, you know, just picture a group of about 20 souls, we all started about the same level with our soul guide, and that soul guide is similar to what a teacher would be. Now, picture yourself going to school, and you're in your first grade class with about 20 other classmates, and all of you are going to go through grades one through six together, right? And let's just say that teacher is with you through those grades. And a soul guide is with us in the same aspect with regard to a soul guide guides that group for a very long time. And I'm just going to throw out, an, throw out a number, maybe for about 50 lifetimes on earth for the soul group. But there comes a time when the soul group has pretty much evolved to a level that we're ready for the next soul guide to swap out and take us to the next level of learning. If there's, say, a 10 to 20 souls in a soul group, and I suppose not all of them are incarnated at the same time, but maybe, say, 15 of the 20 are, so this soul guide, they have to split themselves up to overlook 15 lives all at the same time? Yes, but they are so skilled, they can do it. it it's not a task to manage that many it's um, something that they can easily do. Now, most of the time, all of those souls will incarnate at the same time, but they all come in with different roles. So let's say 15 of them get together in the soul realm and they're agreeing to the next incarnation they're going to do together. Now, if two of them agree to be the grandparents, they're going to be born first on earth a few decades before some of the others start incarnating. And from the soul realm perspective, earth time is just a flash, you know, eight 
decades here is just a flash in time in the soul realm. So they're patiently waiting. They're probably working on things in the soul realm until it's their time to incarnate into human form and be part of a lifetime together. And those souls will agree to the different roles, the different gender, the different parts they're going to play in each other's lives because they're all working on lessons, but they're all not working on the same lesson. And I'll pull out, you know, in my book, I have a list of lessons, but we need to work on self-love, compassion for others, standing up for ourselves, forgiveness. Um, That's just a, a few of the many. And each soul can choose different lessons to be working on. And we help each other in the human incarnation work on those lessons. Hello, listeners. This is Simon. Now, as some of you know, I have a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy and I'm certified in past life regression therapy. And in the past few weeks, I've taken many clients through some amazing and healing past life regressions. And I conduct sessions over Zoom and I've had clients from many countries around the world. Now, when you go through a past life regression, you will feel totally in control and remember everything. And also, I record the whole session and send you an MP3 afterwards. And this gives you space to relax and go with the flow, knowing that you can listen back later and analyse what you experienced if you need to. So if you ever wanted to explore your past lives in a single session or have an issue you want to work on, you can go to my website at pastlifeshypnosis.co.uk and book a free 20-minute consultation. And at the moment, I'm offering a 25% discount to everyone that has signed up to the Patreon campaign. The link is in the show notes. If you have a a guide for a certain amount of lives and then you move on to the next guide, is it a Mm -hmm. thing where the first guide is teaching you the lessons that are not so hard on you? They might be easier to learn, but the next guide, they're a bit tougher and you get harder lessons, perhaps more emotionally troubling. Exactly. And it's not so much that the guides are harder on us. They are just there to help guide us on the more difficult lifetimes. So yes, you're right. As a beginner soul, you're not going to take on a tough lesson like forgiveness. That's for more of the advanced souls that have learned enough about evolving and the earth that they're ready to take on that tough one. So looking at beginner souls, maybe that grade one through six, they might be working on things like just getting comfortable in the physical body or learning how to have relationships with other humans in this realm, or learning to take care of themselves, learning self-love, and working on some basic lessons like that. But then when they do that trade-off with the next soul guide to take them to the next few levels, they might start working on the things like, what's it going to be to be born into a lifetime with a lot of physical disability, how to manage that lifetime or forgiveness, for example. To me, that's a that's a hard one, is forgiveness. But the soul guides, they're not hard on us. Like I said, it's a it's a partnership. We work arm in arm together. And every time a client has a regression and they've come to the end of that past lifetime and they go into the soul realm and visit with their soul guide. It's always a loving reunion, even if the client didn't do well on their lesson. There's no retribution. There's no judgment. And that's a key. There's never judgment from a soul guide. It's always a picture of your soul guide putting their arm around your shoulder and saying, yes, that was a tough life. And this is where you did well. And this is where... You know, you kind of messed up a little bit, but let's go work on that together and get you ready for the next lifetime. That's exactly how it is. There's no judgment. So another concept that you kind of talk about is where you say past life regression work is similar to root cause analysis. What Mm -hmm. did you mean by that? Okay, so that's a heavy business term, uh, root cause analysis, and you'll recognize it from the IT industry. And it's, it crosses many types of industries. When there's an issue or a problem with something, 
it's best to go to the root cause of that issue to deal with it. So for example, if your car is having trouble, let's say the engine light comes on and the engine's not running smoothly, well, you can go to one mechanic who just maybe puts some different fluid in the gas tank. Oh, this this will take care of that uh, knocking sound or that misfire. And it might work for a couple of days, but then you find the, the engine starts doing the same thing. Well, that mechanic fixed the symptom. The mechanic did not fix the cause of the issue. So if you have a mechanic that goes and finds the cause of the issue, oh, you have a bad spark plug and fixes it there, then the issue was dealt with at the root cause, okay? Same can be said for the medical industry. And in my book, I mentioned if you go to a doctor because you have a rash and they just give you some cream to put on top of the rash, it might work for a few days, but what if then the rash comes back worse and with more pain? Well, if you went to a doctor whose intent was to go to the root cause and started asking questions such as, have you changed anything in your detergent that you used to wash your clothes? Or have you eaten something new that you have not normally eaten? They're trying to get to the root cause as to what caused the rash instead of trying to just fix the symptom. So I see past life regression as the same thing. If you go to the root cause of the issue and deal with it there, that's the best way to deal with it. So what I mean, and this is a long answer to your question, but it's it's really important. When I have clients that come to me with issues, such as, let's say someone just cannot keep a romantic relationship in their life for longer than a month. They just go through dating, dating, and just cannot keep a partner for more than a month. I want to get to the root cause of that issue. And the purpose of a past life regression is to visit a past life that's affecting your life today. And so I'm going to, if it's okay, Simon, use an example that's in my book. Yeah, that's great. To help answer this question. So when I was going through training, I did a lot of pro bono free sessions to get my hours in, to get my practice. And I had a, a client come to me. He's 21 years old, good looking young man. And he was the one who could not keep anyone in his life for over a month. But he didn't tell me that in the beginning. He came because he was curious. And actually, he's a family member. So um, it was easy for him to just come to me because he was curious. Well, he entered a past life. And he said he was an older gentleman, like around age 40, and it was progressing rather smoothly, but he was nervous in that first scene. And in his hypnotized state, I asked him, why are you nervous in this scene? And then he told me his younger wife is in labor with their first child. I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. So you'd be nervous. And as we progressed in that scene, I noticed uh, um, tears started rolling down his cheeks. And I asked him, why are you upset? Why are you crying? And he said, my wife and young child died during childbirth. I said, okay. And as we progressed through the scenes in that past life, he in that lifetime never overcame the loss of his wife and child. He became a recluse. He um, would just not engage with society. He never overcame that grief. And at the end of the session, when he came out of his hypnotized state and we were conversing about it, he's the one who put it together as to why he could not keep a relationship for more than a month in his current lifetime as this good-looking 21-year-old man. He felt that love meant loss and he did not want to put himself now this is all subconscious he did not realize it until the session he was blocking love because it meant pain it meant potential pain and it was very enlightening for him to see that and as i kept in touch with this young man he progressed to really working on 
relationships. And he ended up having a one-year relationship with a partner. And it was very nice until they broke up, of course, but much more progress than just one month, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's remarkable how we see those connections and this, this unexpected stuff turns up in a past mm -hmm. life. And it's like, you couldn't have made that up and predicted that scenario affecting you like that coming across lives. Exactly. And so in that case, we went to the root cause of him blocking love in his current lifetime. And also there's a story in the book about Scotty and his neck pain. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, Scotty is, was, he, he ended up passing on later on. He was the brother of a good friend I worked with in the business world. And she wanted me to have a session with him because he just seemed to need it. And I ended up becoming friends with Scotty, just a, a beautiful soul. But Scotty, it's interesting, in the beginning of the session, he never talked about the neck pain and the migraines. It was just, it wasn't something he thought he needed to talk about. But when we visited a past life, he started describing himself as a soldier. And he was with his partner. And they were driving from checkpoint to checkpoint, just looking at things. And, and it was another country. I'm not sure which country. It didn't matter at the time. But as we proceeded through the scenes, and, and actually it wasn't too many scenes, he and his partner were driving to checkpoints. And in one particular checkpoint, Scotty, as a soldier, had gotten out of the passenger seat and a woman and her daughter appeared and the woman got in the seat and the daughter got in the back seat and Scotty got in the back seat with her is probably a situation where they had to pick up these two people. Um, don't know who they were. It didn't matter. And before his partner as the driver could pull away, a man stood in front of their vehicle and pointed a gun at the woman. So the driver was try quickly trying to get away. The man pulled the trigger and it missed the woman, but the bullet hit Scotty in the neck as he sat in the back seat. And he even described to me, he felt his body moving, you know, hitting the back seat. And then the scene went blank on him. And so we proceeded through the regression, ended it. And as we conversed about it at the end, it's called the processing part of the session where the client is out of their hypnotized state. I asked him, and it's only because I've done this several years now, I asked Scotty, so you got hit in the neck with the bullet and then the life ended abruptly. Have you ever had any neck pain in your current life? And he said, oh, yes. I can't remember how long it's been there. And he's never had a doctor find a, a cause or a reason for the neck pain. And Scotty was about 23 years old when he had this session. And he even told me that the neck pain often causes him headaches. In fact, they become more severe, causing him migraines. And it's very painful. And I said, okay, well, the bullet was probably the source of the neck pain. And because I know Scotty, I checked in a week later with him. And as I checked in how he's doing, I asked, so how's your neck pain? He said, Shelly, I haven't had it since the session. I thought, oh, okay, good. And then I ran into him a year later and checked in with him. And he said, no neck pain. It's gone. So what had happened, Simon, in that session is we had gone, his guide had taken him to that scene that was the source, the root cause of that neck pain. And by visiting the source and understanding it, his soul released the pain from being carried into his current life. It was like, okay, I see it. I don't need it. Released it. It released him from that neck pain in his current life. That's what's amazing about this. Did he come to you then to do this past life regression? It was just like a, an exploration. He wasn't looking for therapy for his neck. Exactly. 
It would just happen to be that he found said, so that's where the soul guide knows what's best for the client. The soul guide brought forward that particular past life to help Scotty get through what he was experiencing in his current life, pain. And what a benefit. That's the healing that comes about from doing this work. And do you feel yeah. that the soul guide may be influencing him and influencing all sorts of clients you get, like subconsciously, maybe weeks or months ahead of it, they start putting the idea of doing a past life regression into their mind and the person might think, it's their idea, but it, the guide is pushing them down that path. Most definitely. You see, our soul guides are always communicating with us, but we in our human form most often don't hear it, don't understand it. Um, oftentimes it can come to us through the, the gut feeling we have. Soul guides are always, always communicating to us, even in the dream state. Sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't, but they are truly the ones that help plant those seeds, those ideas, or put things on our path for us to pay attention to. And I will say we humans are so adept at ignoring those signs, those feelings that we often keep going down a more challenging path. But yes, so I always see things as very synchronistic. When I was talking to my friend at work and mentioned doing this work, and she lit up and said, I have a brother who could really use a session with you. That's how it evolves. You know, these signs are always put in front of us. Sometimes it's a sign. It comes by way of, oh, I have this new interest in something. And then you go on the Internet and a workshop pops up that happens to be of that topic. You know, these aren't just impromptu things that appear oftentimes it's our guides that put the prompting there but i will also say it's our higher self too and when you're ready to talk about higher self i'll delve into that topic yeah i was going to ask you about that mm -hmm. but before we go there there's lots of people like me who are really not really aware of their guides at all do you have advice for us of how we could become more aware of our guides and the communication mm -hmm. Definitely. I always say meditation is a key to helping us listen to our guides. But a lot of people will come up, well, I don't have time to meditate or, you know, I got a monkey mind that never shuts down, so I can't meditate. You know, there's always a form of meditation that works. And here's what's interesting. When I have a client in a hypnotized state and when they're with their, their client, their soul guide at the time, I purposely ask this specific question so that my client hears it from their soul guide. And I ask, and I'm going to use you, Simon, as an example. Well, let's say your soul guide is named George. I'm just going to say George. Um, they do have lots of names. George, what can Simon specifically do when he needs or wants to reach out to you? And I ask that question because I want my client to hear it from their soul guide. And most often, these are the top three answers. Sit still and meditate. Then you can hear me. Or go out into nature. You will find me there. Or the most common one, just ask. I'm always here. And asking your guide for guidance can be as simple as sitting in a chair and saying, dear spirit guide and or dear soul guide, I use the terms interchangeably, please help me in this specific situation. Please provide me guidance in this situation. And you can name the situation. Now, they will answer you often, but it's up to us to Get into a space where we can hear it or feel it. They most often talk to us and visit us in our dreams. We often forget those when we wake up, but they're always there. And so if you have some time to meditate, find the type of meditation that works for you. If you have a monkey mind, go on YouTube and find some guided meditations. 
And I find those helpful. Sometimes just working in the yard where you kind of slow your mind down is a way to meditate. There are different forms of meditating, walking, walking, hiking in nature, even just zoning out while you do the dishes can be a form of meditation. Um, But they're always there listening and talking with you. That's why they're there. They want to help you. They are delighted when we ask for their help. The question I have there then is, if they're always with you and they see you're having problems and they love you, why don't they just help? Why is it they have to wait until you ask? Well, they do provide us guidance all the time, but when we ask, they just get delighted like, oh, they're finally asking, okay, I'm here to help. Um, They cannot force their hand in our lives. There's an aspect of mankind that is very unique compared to the soul realm. And that is when we're born, we have free will. And we have free will throughout our life to do as we want, to make choices that are good or bad. And we also have free will to listen to our guides or to ignore them. So therefore, when we ask for their help, they are delighted to help and provide assistance. But it's up to us to declutter our minds so we can clearly clearly hear or see what their guidance is. It's so easy to ignore it. It's funny you said the word, the name George as my guide just then, because my grandfather's name was George. And I, I think there's a thing sometimes, isn't there? Your, your relatives who have passed on could be guiding you. Yeah, that is. Yes. In fact, I've had many clients who, when they meet their soul guide, this is one of them. It's like, he's my brother, my current life. Then, oh, okay. I've heard the term, oh, he's my grandfather. And I... I actually get visits from him all the time. Well, okay, it's because he's your soul guide, and I'm glad you recognize his visits. Um, Yes, and sometimes soul guides will incarnate with us in human form, sometimes to help us or someone else in our soul group to help them out a little bit more in the human form. And then they move on, they they pass on and go back. Um, But when they come to be in human form with us, it doesn't mean they've left the soul realm. These soul guides are very advanced. So they leave a portion of their soul in the soul realm who continues guiding all of our soul group members, but a portion of their soul comes into incarnation, into human form to help us, you, or someone in our soul group work on a lesson. So we were going to talk about our higher self as well. So how do you define what our higher self is? So imagine you are in the soul realm and you're not incarnated yet. So 100% of your soul is in the soul realm, getting ready to come into this lifetime as Simon. When you come into being born, you do not bring 100% of your soul into that human body because it's truly just too much energy for a human body. So a portion of your soul, and I'm just going to pick out a number, like 30% of your soul stays in the soul realm, and then 70% comes into this human body who is Simon. That 30% that is still in the soul realm acts as your higher self. And you can also ask and get guidance from your higher self. Now, what's interesting about the higher self is remember the soul realm I mentioned. It's a completely loving and compassionate realm, always looking at every perspective from a stance of love. So when you come into human form and you're Simon and you're 30 years old and you're in this very challenging relationship with either a parent or a partner or a sibling and your ego can get in the way and and you get mad and exchange bad words, I guarantee that higher self portion of you is trying to provide you guidance into how to better deal with this situation from a loving perspective. But you may or may not heed that advice. You may ignore it. But just like your soul guide, your higher self and your soul guide are always there trying to help guide you 
in a loving, compassionate way and from a very loving perspective. Okay, does that help? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's interesting about this thing of a percentage of the soul being in the life because so much of the view of reincarnation, I think, for so many people is it's one life after another. It's 100% of the soul in the body every time. Yeah, it's not. It's fascinating. Do you ever come across kind of like parallel lives where maybe the souls put 20% in one body and 15% in another body? Definitely. And that's exactly where I was going. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when I do a between life regression with a client, and that's a different topic, and that will probably be the second book, A Beginner's Guide to Between Life Sessions, Between Life Regression. When I'm in a between life session with a client, I will often ask their soul guide, what percent of their soul did Simon bring into his current lifetime? And if I hear the numbers in the higher range, like 70%, 80%, I think, okay, and I leave the topic alone. But if I hear a lower number, like he brought 40% of his soul into this body, that leads me to believe that there might be another life that's going on with his soul. And I will ask, does Simon's soul have a parallel life in this world at this time? And most oftentimes with that lower number, I'll hear the answer, yes. So what that means is, Simon, if this was you, your soul has kind of done enough incarnations on earth that your soul is really evolving and at probably at a higher level. Therefore, your soul is well equipped to handle two lifetimes at the same time on earth. And 40% of your soul went into one incarnation. And let's say 40 or 50% of your soul went into another incarnation. And the reason for doing this is because at the higher soul evolution, you can manage two different lifetimes where each incarnation is working on a different lesson and you're ready to, you know, accelerate your learning. It's like a senior in high school taking on a couple additional classes so they can get ready for college or just to add to the learning. And when I get this question, you know, when I bring up this topic with people, they'll say, oh, well, could that, uh, could that be my twin? I say, no. Typically, a soul that does a parallel incarnation, you might be here in London, but the other one is probably somewhere else in the world, um, the U.S. or Australia, anywhere, because there's no reason for you to be connected like siblings or mother and daughter in this lifetime. It's too close. You, You pick different locations, different cultures, different bodies, because it's two different lessons you're working on. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that's great. And I wanted to talk to you about another case that you talk about in the book. It's chemo, I think their name is, and their fear of the dark. Oh, yes, that was a very interesting one. So when chemo came to me, he was an 18-year-old young man. And in conversing with him and the terminology that he used, I just felt he was an older soul. He just seemed advanced for his age. So that's just a side note. But anyway, he mentioned he had a slight fear of the dark. 
We said, okay. And we talk about these things, fears, phobias, physical issues, emotional issues before we start the regression, because we're just putting the intention out there to their, their soul guide as to what needs to come forward. So in the session with chemo, we visited a past life and went through several scenes and then the, the death scene and then met with his spirit guide. And I didn't see anything in that past life that came close to dealing with darkness. So one of my questions to his soul guide was, what is the source of chemo's fear of the dark? Is it a different past life? And I got the answer, yes. Now, the answer always comes through my client. They, they tell me what they're hearing because I do not have psychic ability to see the soul guide or hear the soul guide. Everything comes through my client. They're having the session. So when chemo's soul guide answered, it was a different past life. I asked, can you take my client there so he can see the cause of his fear of darkness? And chemo immediately started describing being in a dark cell in a dungeon and his hands were chained behind his back and he was being beaten to death and he died in that scene and it was a very dark cold dirty dungeon that was the source of his fear so sometimes the soul guide has an other intention to dealing with bigger things and bringing forth a past life to deal with that but given enough time in the session, I'll ask additional questions that might answer what's the source of their fear of the dark or the source of their fear of losing their family or whatever their, their phobia or fear is. And did you say that chemo had a birthmark on their back? Yes. In fact, when I reached out to him later to get permission to use his story, he he told me at that time, he said, by the way, I have a birthmark in my back where I was, where the one wound caused his death. I thought, wow, um, that's actually not the first time I've heard that from a client. Birthmarks are very telling. And um, yeah, it was interesting to hear that. Yeah. So you're saying that um, everything comes through the client. You ask the, the soul guide a question. The client will get the answer and tell you what it is. And it's kind of coming up in their imagination. So what role does imagination play in a past life regression? Perfect question. And this helps address the few clients who at the end of a very good session say, well, I think it was just my imagination. So now let me explain that. In our human bodies, the imagination is the only means we have of having this experience. So all of these scenes, the thoughts, the feelings need to come through our imagination to be explained as a past life regression. So when someone asks, well, was it, maybe it's just my imagination? I explain, yes, your imagination is the only means you can have this experience. Unless a person is psychic and can see past lives, which they can't, that's why they're coming to see me. Um, the imagination is a very important role, but they're asking the question in regards to maybe they made it up. But I clarify that that's how the scenes are brought to you through your imagination, because there's no other means. You're not traveling back in time and being there. You're accessing a memory, a soul memory. And we must use our imagination to have the experience. There are some people who would say, um, I'm not coming back. I'm not having another life. Life on earth is too hard. What would you say to those people? Well, I get lots of those. And typically, those are interplanetary souls. But when they go, you know, I've had clients say this life is so hard I don't want to come back here I want this I have many clients that say I want this to be my last incarnation this place is too hard and especially after a session or at the end of the session when they've seen how they feel being back in the soul realm when they're visiting with their soul guide they're actually in a higher dimension and they feel the love and the compassion 
And then when they wake up from their hypnotized state, I do get that question like, can't this be my last one? But as souls, as we evolve, we take on willingly more challenging lifetimes. And I guarantee when their soul finishes this very challenging incarnation and they go back to the soul realm, then they realize, oh, that was just a flash in time. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what I did well. I learned a lot of what I didn't do well. Okay, um, I'm ready to do it again. I, I <laughs> It's just amazing how objective you become when you go back to the soul realm because you're looking at that past life as if it was just a stage play. It was just a finite time and just picture yourself going to a stage play and it's a drama and you know, dramas can be very challenging, lots of emotion, but it has a start time and it has an end time. And then you leave the theater and you think, oh, wow, that was a very dramatic, but it was a good, good play, right? The soul looks at a lifetime with that objectivity. They remember why they come back to earth and they willingly come back and do it over and over again. So you talked about interplanetary. Have you had clients go to past lives on other planets? Many. In fact, I'd say a majority of my clients are interplanetary souls. And what's interesting is, and I can describe what an interplanetary soul is, if that's helpful first, um, they're the ones that come looking for answers. They are more in tune to different modalities to getting answers. And again, they make up a majority of my clients. And do you feel that they're attracted to you because it's kind of like the spirit, their spirit guides know you're the one they need to go to because perhaps that's your particular skill or maybe you're an interplanetary soul? Um, to answer the question, yes, they are guided and typically more in tune to listening to their guidance. And so whether it's me or another past life regression therapist, they do get attracted to that person or drawn to that person to help them. Secondly, I know for a fact I'm not an interplanetary soul. I've had a between life session with Dr. Linda Backman. She's my teacher and I am confirmed an earth-based soul. But even as an earth soul, we can learn these modalities and help with the healing of many people, many souls. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you. The book's called Into Your Soul, and that's on Amazon, isn't it? It is. It's Into Your Soul, A Beginner's Guide to Past Life Regression. And on Amazon, if you put Shelley Pearson, hopefully it comes up. Um, yes, that's it. Yeah. I, I also have a, a Kindle version available now, too. And can you tell us where your website is and can people book sessions with you? They can. And because of COVID, I've taken on doing sessions on Zoom. And that's quite, um, it's been very successful. So yes, my website is www.in, the letter N as in nice, the number two, souls.com. So into souls. And people ask, well, how did you come up with that name? Well, you know, Simon, you and I have worked with IT and computers, most of our business career. It used to be a saying last century, like, oh, I'm into computers or I'm into gaming or I'm into stuff. So it's a takeoff on that. I'm into souls. Okay. So n2souls.com. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. And I'll put links to these in the show notes. Thank you. I really appreciate this time, Simon. It's been fascinating. And that was an interview with Shelley Pearson about her book, Into Your Soul. A Beginner's Guide to Past Life Regression. And if you want to hear the rest of this fascinating interview, you can sign up to Patreon. When you sign up for $5 a month, you get an extended episode every week. And for $2 a month, you get an extended episode every month. And the Patreon episodes are ad-free and are released two days before the free versions. And please check out my other podcast. It's called The Alien UFO Podcast. And I release new episodes every Monday. And you can find it on almost every podcast app. I've also added a new tier to the Past Lives Podcast Patreon campaign, where for $12.50 a month, 
you can get the Alien UFO podcast extended episodes every week, as well as the Past Lives podcast extended episodes. And including the Alien UFO podcast episodes, there are now more than 100 extended episodes available in the back catalogue. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash pastlivespodcast or click on the Patreon button on my homepage at pastlivesypnosis.co.uk and the links are in the show notes. And look out for the Past Lives Podcast episodes called Paranormal Stories and they're released every Thursday. And there is a Past Lives Podcast Facebook group. If you'd like to join, you'd be very welcome. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or via your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out on any episodes. And thanks for listening. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.